and welcome again to the uh, Wide World of Wargaming Age of Sigmar podcast. This is our uh, quarantine edition yet again. Uh, today we are going to be having a discussion with uh, Justin and Jason from Tabletop and Beyond. They are a multifaceted tabletop uh, podcast and uh, we're happy to have you guys on. Uh, Justin, uh, Jason, you guys heard a little bit about our podcast uh, before, and I know you guys have listened in. So, you know, we always like to start off with uh, what is on your workbench. Justin, let's start with you. Uh, first off, thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, it's always fun to kind of jump and do some cross-platforming a little bit. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Workbench-wise, uh, I think I'm going to focus on today. I was painting my new orc army. I mean, it's, it's new, new from Christmas, right? Uh, but since I got a lot of time, I was painting it while um, trying to binge through episodes of Battlestar Galactica. Ooh, new or old? Uh, the new one. Okay. So it's a good series. It's a great series. It's just so heavy. Oh. It's just such a heavy series. So, I mean, after three episodes of it, like while I'm just painting, I got up and I'm like, man, I need something happy in my life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was just like, wow, you know, it's just a punch to the gut. But you know what? I got through uh, I got through 10 Ard Boys and uh, Gore Grunta and a War Chanter. So, yeah, happy that I was making some good progress there. Wow, nice. Okay, okay. And what are you, are you drinking anything or, or? I am drinking... Virginia's finest tap water with a shot of uh, the what is it, the miso drops, so just water flavor enhancers. <laughs> I thought it was a glass of Metamucil. I yeah, it, it kind of looks like that. If you guys can see the screen, it looks like Metamucil. It that's kinda fair. Like I, Metamucil. You showed that water. I was like, if that's what your tap water looks like, um, maybe <laughs> maybe something else should be. Yeah, I was like, a uh, fine Virginia tap water. Uh, did I move to the right state? Uh. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so it does taste like Metamucil without the grainy bit, you know, so. <laughs> oh boy. Yum. <laughs> That's what I'm drinking. <laughs> very cool, very cool. And those art boys, uh, uh, is this a, a new army of yours? Is it going to be Iron Jaws or is it going to be Grand Wog or? So I've been leaning towards Big Wog um, over, um, you know, the regular Iron Jaws list. I think that there's a little bit more flexibility with that. Um, and, uh, you know, when the, we'll, we'll probably talk about tabletop simulator later on, but one of the nice things about that is like, I tried a all brute list on tabletop simulator because like brutes are like, you know, $50 for five. And so I had 40 brutes in there. I mean, that would have cost me like $400 or something like that for, you know, uh, to, yeah. to run that list and, uh, tried it out, realized in Iron Jaws, I hated it. It was terrible, <laughs> but I think in Big Wog, it would have had some, um, would have had a little bit more oomph. And, uh, so, you know what, it's kind of cool to test it out, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning more towards Big Wog. Um, I was a Night Hunt player. Um, that's hmm. the army I started with. And, um, LVO was kind of the end of my Night Hunt army, started a new army, you know, end of the ITC. So, it took uh, Night Hunt to LVO and um, got Best Night Hunt there, so I'm happy with that. Oh, nice. Really? Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, I think there's only best three of us, though. Best so it's... the ITC. Um, I, wonder, I wonder why that would be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> I know who you are, Alex. I've been oh, I know. <laughs> well, I think I saw your army. Was your army the one that was multi-platform on its display board? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I really like that concept. That was really cool. You, um, for our audience, he had this um, display board. You'll be able to describe it a lot better, but it was like um, like black sheet metal almost with designs on it. And you had your models, of course, with magnets on them. So you had this display board that was this like multi-leveled island display board. Oh, wait, maybe that wasn't mine. Was that yours? No? No, that one wasn't mine. Which one was yours? Mine had the, like the mausoleum up top. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Did you bring that to uh, Nova? I did bring that one to Nova. Yeah. I took a bunch of pictures of that one. That one is fantastic. I know exactly that one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I had the black coach and um, Reichenor and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those those were my two favorite models out of that whole army to paint. I mean, awesome. it, it's it's kind of not it's it's kind of hard to make chain rafts your favorite because there's like eighty billion <laughs> of them. So you know. <laughs> yeah, but there are eight poses in a ten model unit. So Listen, they are really. I I think Nighthaunt has some really really dynamic models, and I love them. In fact, I've got some Dreadblade heroes sitting, staring at me right now. I've got some um, uh, Banshees staring at me right now. So I think, you know, Miramore and Banshees, I think that, uh, and there's Lady Olinda, of course, staring at me as well. So, you know, uh, great models, amazing. Um, I think that they could use a little boost now in this AOS 2.0 land, but you know, um, I, I felt like I really dialed them in by the time we got to LVO. I was running a two battalion list and, um, it was pretty awesome. Death Riders and Chain Guard. Very so, cool. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. We had a good time. Okay. Yeah. Well, congratulations on getting best uh, night hunt at LVO uh, AOS uh, tournament, grand tournament. Yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. So, Jason, what is on your workbench? Uh, I've had a good week. Um, <laughs> I might. <laughs> My uh, my last several weeks have been really busy. My work transitioned to remote work pretty pretty fast, so I've actually been working a lot more remotely than I had when I was in the office. But uh, been able to get a lot of gaming in. I feel like every night I'm hanging out on Tabletop Simulator or on my Xbox doing something. I've been doing a lot of Diablo 3 Season 20, so I got my set with my Witch Doctor. That was fun. Also been doing a lot of... Uh, um, stuff with my ogres uh like justin i took uh, i used to run flesh eater courts i took it out to lvo and for me that was kind of my i want to get through a solid itc season with these guys and i did uh when i finished with lvo i came home put them on the shelf and started an ogre army and uh it's funny i got to a point with my ogres where somehow i was missing shoes on these guys <laughs> and uh <laughs> this is kind of funny, a little OCD problem here. But I was missing shooting these ogres, and I painted them up. And I was like, because if they have these little, little tiny like booty things that go yeah. on their bottom of their, their feet, and uh, you could probably get by without without them. But I'm like, man, these guys really need some shoes. So I actually got some casting material <laughs> and made a mold for these tiny little ogre shoes. And I've been pouring resin in this thing and making these little ogre shoes so I can glue them on the bottom of these ogre feet. And I'm. At one point, I stop and I'm like, "This is why am I doing this? This is crazy. Like, no one's going to tell, right? You could just put the ogre in the middle of the whole unit, and then when one dies, pull that one, and no one would ever know that you were missing feet. But when I went to LVO, I had, like, I, I spent so much time on, on painting, you know, the talons and everything inside my horrors. And when the guy came by to grade my thing, 
he picked up a tiny little ghoul that had like nothing on it. And he's like, well, it looks like you don't put a lot of detail on your models and then put it down. And I was like, Oh my gosh. All right. So, so now I'm like, I've got to get all the shoes just right on every ogre. But anyway, Jason Bales, so, the ogre cobbler maker. Yeah. Right. I don't Yeah. Right. Right. He's like, well, my, my ogres aren't for many like poor, you know, back alley British town or whatever. No, they got shoes. <laughs> they got that's right ogres that's right well what army uh, what is their basing style like how, how are you basing them so um so what i uh to base them i've got them got them as like giants is the wrong word but like they're coming down from the hills so i've got mm. uh um i've got a lot of uh kind of well i what i did was i took maybe you can picture this up i took their base um i took kind of patching cement uh, like you would do if you wanted to patch a little bit of cement, like on your sidewalk or something. And I kind of mushed that onto the base to give it kind of a grainy, like uh, ground look. Right. And once that hardened, then I primed it. Uh, well, I, I put a bunch of little stones and rocks in it. So it gets kind of this like dirty uh, gravelly look to it. Um, and then I made a, I actually made a cast out of that and I've been casting those bases like nonstop. So I've got about cool. three or four of them and I cast them. So, probably about you know the maybe the 30 bases on the ogres there's about four or five of them that are repeated uh give them kind of a brownish greenish look to them so it looks like they're you know stomping down from the hills to come into the village to eat the, okay. the people down there so it's it's been a lot of fun the basing's been fun um i'm not doing anything special with the flesh you know it's just kind of a standard you know flesh tone look but uh it's it's been a lot of fun to do ogres. It's funny. I actually um, when I went into LV, I was like, All right, I'm done with flesh eaters. It's going to be fun tournament, and then I'm going to build my slaves to darkness army. And the last game of LVO for me, I played a dude from um, Salt Lake City who brought an ogre uh, maw tribe, and it was the most fun game I ever had. And I was like, This is so much fun. I'm doing <laughs> ogres. And so all of the models from Slaves of Darkness, all the corn models, all the books just went into the corner. And I started buying up ogres and been playing ogres on Tabletop Simulator because nobody can meet in person right now. But yeah. it's been fun. Well, unless you, you do that shoes thing on the guys in Tabletop Simulator, too. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you can always like go in, through the method that Game booties. Workshop recommended and have a camera out. And you know you move the models, and your friend tells you to move his models. Worst game of forward. Battleship ever. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your guys doesn't have your guys out of range, but he's clearly like right. Not there. on my board. He's not. Not on my board. No, he's out. <laughs> he's out. Okay. Your camera. Uh, your uh. Your the, the lens might not be that yeah. good. You, you, it's a fisheye lens. Trust me. Just, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last thing I've been doing is uh, my wife actually finally gave me permission to get a really nice gaming table for our home. Mm. So um, I, you know, I was looking at like Wormwood, you know, some of those really high end uh, things and realized I don't want to spend that much money on a gaming table. <laughs> and so I actually started looking at a bunch of uh, online plans on like BoardGameGeek. People post their blueprints for gaming tables that they've made. And so I'm actually running through making some plans to build a gaming table right now. And I told my wife, it's got to be big enough to fit a six by four inch mat <laughs> so and that, plus it's gonna be a big board. table and plus right and that's right so it really needs to be eight feet at least rails. yeah, yeah. 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 Eight feet. you gotta have stuff to put drain on the end right there's a lot of things going on there <laughs> that's true i don't know if i could get yeah she's okay right now with the plans so if you believe it you can do it yeah right. little changes little changes yeah little <laughs> mm-hmm 
The trick is incorporating some stuff for her too in there. Ooh, yes. Yeah, I showed her, you know, because I got the armrest and then it's in, inlaid so that, you know, kind of the, uh, the mat kind of sits down maybe three or four inches down, right? And she was like, that's going to be really uncomfortable when we're playing card games. And I'm like, um, well, I'll build a, a surface that we can put on top of. And she's like, okay, that would work. And then she's like, and that <laughs> cup holder is in the wrong place. That cup holder needs to come like, okay, babe, whatever. You know, you want a cup holders? You got cup holders. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been a fun experience uh, <laughs> to, uh, to have some outside, well, some other eyes on my blueprints that probably will never get realized. I'll probably just buy a table. Yeah, no, my, uh, my father-in-law, he studied carpentry in college. And so he, he built our kitchen table ah, and cool. uh, we're actually like, I actually saw a guy posted in one of our local chats that he designed his own table and he had his dad build it for him and he helped out and he showed the final product. And I was like, damn. So we, I've been talking to my wife about like, yeah, we got to get together and like design our own table and just get her dad out here and just start yeah. hammering away and build a table. Yeah. That, that's, that's definitely my goal is to just build a nice gaming table. Cause my wife would love one of those too. Quality it's a lot of the father-in-law. Yeah, there you go. On on Garrett's, they would actually have this cool fold-out laundry thing. So actually, you know, <laughs> tuck it in, gaming, bam, we got the laundry covered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could definitely fit a six by four on that uh, on that iron board, right? Yeah, right, right, right on the ironing board. <laughs> what is that like, eighteen inches wide? <laughs> Just uh, no. Oh, well, be sure not to lean on it either way. Yeah. yeah. That would be that aeronautic game. Oh, there you go. When my wife stops sewing in the basement, I will stop having random sewing materials in my basement. Oh, she a big sewer? Uh, yeah, she just started. Uh, like I don't know, four, five months ago. Uh, she was in the pottery before that, and I mean, she still does. But outside of not being able to leave the house and go to her pottery classes, uh, so she's been going headlong into sewing because she can't do pottery anymore. So she uh. Yeah, she's been doing a lot of sewing. Sewed a lot of masks. She's sewing herself some vests and dog beds. And yeah, so she that's cool. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> well, John, what is on your workbench? Well, you know, um, we are some 40 plus days into our stay at home order at this time. Uh, though I myself uh, am probably going to be going into my lab later this week. So, uh, that's just me in the building by myself, so nothing special. I don't, I don't know. Are you sure you got enough social distancing in there, John? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm actually able to, to go in to the building by myself and then lock myself in the lab, <laughs> the environmentally controlled lab by myself. So pretty sure that even if, like, you know, the mailman comes in or something that I'm covered. Other than that, um, I kind of uh, finished up on the Primaris armies that I was talking about. You know, they're not complete, complete, but probably as much as I'm going to get done recently because I got my uh, order of hot peppers in from Nurseries, and uh, this year I got 14 different varieties of uh, hot, sweet, and otherwise yummy peppers, and so. Uh, believe it or not, guys, I have spent, uh, now we did skip last week, so I've spent actually the better part of the last 10 days just, uh, slaving away in my garden, uh, pulling weeds, uh, at one point I had a thousand pounds worth of, uh, manure, soil, and sand that I had to, uh, uh, both load and unload from my SUV <laughs> and all that good stuff, but, uh, at this point, 
the wife and I have been actually outside every morning enjoying our coffee and looking at my peppers. Yesterday I got uh, 9,000 ladybugs in and released them all over the house. So uh, okay. <laughs> been having fun with ladybugs wow. like every, I mean, everywhere. Like there are ladybugs everywhere, <laughs> inside, outside, you name it. We got ladybugs all around. So, so it's good. So it's going to be a good summer. Other than that, uh, let me see here before my, my ice gets too melted. Oh, yeah. I decided that since Jeremy wasn't with us this week, Mm. Mm. Very nice. That I would bust out the uh, the Glenlivet 12, actually, because <laughs> you know, every time I bust this out, he like breaks out his Glenlivet 14. I'm like, ah, you know, just gotta always one up me. So, so that's what's been going on there. And you know, other than that, uh, not a lot of hobby. Um, Mr. Michael Vaginos was uh, talking on the competitive AOS chat earlier today. Oh yeah, an image of the um, the assassin. Now, he put up the image of the new assassin. And when he showed that image, I said to myself, you know what? I know I bought that model. I bought it at some point, like years ago, playing 40K, and I was going to use it as a counts as something. <laughs> like Collectus Assassin or something? Uh, yeah, something like that, right? Um, so I ended up, and I'm not going to show the picture, but like that whole half of my room is shelves and boxes. It's how I always yes. reach over and just, you know, randomly just pick up, oh, look, some sprues right here. You want some dreadnoughts? <laughs> I'm building dreadnoughts right now. <laughs> By the way, that's what's actually on my workbench. So uh, I go through all this stuff. I search through cases. I search through my wife's chaos um, space marines. I went through all my old Tau. Uh, went through some, and you know what, where it was, is at one point I was building an Inquisition army, an all-female mm. Inquisition army, mm. and I had picked up this assassin as part of that. So after about 20 minutes searching, I found it, I messaged Mike, I'm like, hey, I, I don't have the one you were looking for, but I actually have this old sculpt, he's like, dude, I really like it, are you willing to sell it to me? And I'm like, man, if I wasn't willing to put it in your hands, I wouldn't have looked for it. I wouldn't be showing you the picture. It's like, yeah, look, I just spent half an hour finding it. Look at him. Oh, hell no. I'm not well, giving him to you. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, knowing so. Vaginos, he would have done that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. So that's why he probably thought you would, because he totally would be like, oh, yeah, I went and looked for it. Um, Yeah, John, I have it. Fuck you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah man, too, too much effort to get him. So anyway, so I'm going to mail it off to him tomorrow. I'm oh, sure he'll nice put it you. to... Uh, better use and it's obviously been sitting crusting away in some box of mine for half a decade so so that is uh, about the longest i can stretch what's actually on my workbench other than that i would have to uh mention that i've been playing a whole lot of pathfinder online i've been doing a little bit of tabletop simulator uh online and other games that i've just been wasting my time with but but I've been like forcing myself to not sit around and play video games all day by not waiting till it's like I've worked in the garden all day, <laughs> come in, make dinner, and then after dinner, come and veg on the computer. So mm -hmm. it's, it's limiting things. Uh, so that's it. That's how I'm keeping sane uh, during this. And, of course, a little bit more of this than is uh, probably strictly healthy. In fact, as I was telling you guys earlier, I just got a uh, – message or I got a phone call from my doctor's office, Kaiser Permanente doctor. I've had him forever. Right. And he's like, Hey, John, uh, or she's like, the lady's like, Hey, uh, do you want to set up a video conference to talk to Dr. Tan next week? I said, yeah, that's great. She goes, she, she goes, he can address any of your 
uh, concerns over COVID-19. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And I started thinking, I'm like, ooh, wait a second. Um, <laughs> now, I might not do my video conference with the doctor in exactly the same place that I do the rest of my videos. Or maybe I'll use this. Somebody suggested I just use a backdrop. I'm like, perfect. I'm going to research uh, exercise rooms, and that's what I'll have for my uh, Zoom background <laughs> while I'm doing with the doctor. So that's about it. Uh, Mr. Garrett. My friend, other than, uh, you know, dodging uh, your wife's laundry, luckily she's doing it and you only have to look at it behind you. Um, <laughs> what is on your workbench? Uh, well, I've uh, cracked open a nice, uh, another one of these original Sims, Black Widow Ciders. Mm, uh, okay. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're nice. Um, I really enjoyed them last time. And so I grabbed some more of those. Um, actually ended up buying about two to three weeks worth of groceries this time around. So I haven't been out of the house in actually almost two weeks. Um, so uh, yeah, haven't the door, my front door has been locked in almost wow. two weeks. We've been just doing dog training and backyard stuff with the dogs and uh so stocked up on this stuff because it was tasty and it's a it's a nice six percent so i figured you know if i'm gonna buy just a few things may as well make up a little higher percent get a little buzzed off one or two and then move on rather than need to drink a couple more so what but you're saying uh, is it's not a coors light it is not a coors light it is not piss in a bottle um so but uh then I, I've also been doing a lot of tabletop simulator. I actually just finished running a Age of Sigmar tournament using tabletop simulator. There was oh yeah, how did that go, man? I was trying to follow it for like two minutes and then <laughs> on the camera, and I was like, oh, I'll just wait for the report later. So how did it all go? <laughs> it was actually really successful. So we ended up playing three games over three days. We started Friday night. I actually played my game Friday early in the afternoon because I like to spend my evenings with my wife and it was just easier to play in the afternoon. Um, and then uh, we played a game Saturday morning and Sunday morning. There was eight of us. And so we all got our three games in. I think only two people didn't get a game in because one of our guys he uh, had really bad internet issues throughout the whole thing. Uh, he has COVID, and so Verizon was unwilling to come out and fix his internet. Uh, but other than uh, him and his opponent for round three, we all got our games in relatively quickly. Uh, it scheduled really well. Just basically said, hey, guys, let's try to get one game in a day. I put up their pairings. I set up a Discord server and uh, had everybody just jump into the Discord server, and then I set up voice channels for each table so then when you're ready, you just jump into your table with your opponent so you can just chat with your opponent and then some people would then stream their game from Discord and other people can jump in and watch your game and uh, chat with you. Um, me and a couple others were streaming on Twitch so that uh, other people online could watch the games. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I ended up losing my first two games against Seraphon. It was my first time playing against the new Seraphon book and wow, that is... Uh, Definitely the things Jeremy was talking about when we were reviewing the Battle Tome, he was on point. They have some very good mechanics, a lot of um, strong synergies about them, and oh my god, salamanders are ridiculous. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're, you're muted, John, so all that talking is doing absolutely nothing. Didn't want you to hear me uh, making chair noises. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, so what kind of lists were you facing? Uh, so there were three Seraphon lists in the tournament. Greg, uh, Peter, and Evan all were on Seraphon. Bill Souza ran Chaos Ascendant. 
uh, Chaos Legion Ascendant. Uh, then there was Chris running Night Haunt. Uh, Rob Pro running OBR. I was running Sylvaneth. And Frank Sylvester was running Bubble Boys. Uh, so um, mainly people brought, you know, what they would normally bring to a tournament. I don't think anybody held back. I played a little more casually than I normally would. Uh, I was getting right back in. Was it more casually or was it standard order? I mean, well, let's be real. I've been dropping the ball for the last six months. So it was standard order. Um <laughs> But uh, I, I, def- I jumped right back into Sylvanath after doing a lot of living cities. And I had a, I had a blast. It was resurgent of why I started Sylvanath. And I'm really, really enjoying Sylvanath, uh, wanting to tweak their list a bit. Um, and, but my, my last game, like, I, I won. Um, it, was, it was a good game. But my two, my two games against Seraphon were really good games. My game two ended up coming to turn three priority where he double turned me and, and I ended up just conceding at that point because we talked it through. But we were talking about it. And if I had made the priority, I was like, well, I'd just do this. And he's like, yeah, I think you'd have the game at that point. It was it was a really close game and really good. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the tabletop simulator is really, really easy to play, honestly. Um, it flows really well. And it's not it's, – it's a lot of fun. And it's really fun to – prototype lists and just be like hey i will got this new list idea like like uh, justin was saying i want to play this thing i don't own the models yet screw it let's just play on tabletop simulator so i've been really uh on my workbench honestly i've been paying attention and trying to do a lot of things to improve my tabletop simulator game nice. uh i've actually been really annoyed with the Balewind vortex model and so i've been looking up ways to edit the Balewind vortex model in a 3d modeling program to reduce its collision mesh so that the Balewind is a much more useful uh, model in Tabletop Simulator. So I've been working on that, and I should probably have it done. Like, I looked up how to do it and all that stuff. I've never done Ooh. 3D modeling in my life. Um, so this is all brand new territory for me. I downloaded Blender online because it's wow. free. And uh, I found the – and so I looked up a tutorial. I just need to download the uh, – the, the 3D model, build a, a collision mesh for it, export that collision mesh, and then save it on some cloud, and then import that in for the Balewind. And I'll have a nice Balewind that has a tinier collision mesh so it doesn't constantly whack everything with its big old spikes on the end. Yeah. So, that's what that I sounds great. Yeah, that was a, a hassle to play with when we were messing around with the, yeah. the Balewind. And I, I know I, I'm kind of having the same experience as you with the tabletop simulator. I don't know about you guys, but uh, even – even after we're no longer, uh, you know, sheltered in place and kind of things return back to normal, I think Tabletop Simulator is just going to be a normal part of my gaming repertoire. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Honestly, we're testing lists, um, playing yeah. with friends cross-country, guys yeah. I meet, hey, we, we met at LVO <laughs> this year, you know, guys, like, like, you know, what the hell, like, maybe, you know, two weeks later, we'd be like, hey, man, let's get a game on, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, like, yeah, people, people like Bill, Souza, and Greg, uh, they're really good players, and like I love, I love to play against people who kick my ass all the time. So, oh, I can- yeah. but Bill's oh, yeah. up in Pittsburgh, and Greg's over in Colorado, and but now it's like, fuck it, Greg, you want to get a game in 8 p.m. on a Saturday night? Like, let's do this. Um, don't yeah. need to worry about driving to a game store. Just throw down, play some games, prototype your stuff out, and then by the time we go to an event, we're all we are really trained up and well. So, I've been doing that, um, and then working a bunch. Uh, cooking actually uh the wife and i made a we made a uh sourdough starter and so we uh cultured and built our own and uh, grew our own sourdough starter and then we actually 
our uh, dried it, some of it out and cracked it. We're going to mail it over back home to our uh, family so that they can uh, start culturing from an actual starter to actually build up a starter. So we've been doing a lot of bread baking um, and then cleaning the house and training the dogs. So, but yeah, that, that's been my workbench for these last two weeks. Uh, really, really productive time for myself. Um, yeah. So Alex, you, mm -hmm. uh, how have you been doing? Oh yeah. We, we had our game, uh, on tabletop simulator. Was it last night? We did last night. We had about a turn and a half of TTS. That was one of the things on my workbench. Um, you know, I, uh, it was really funny because I had seen you guys play a little bit of it and I'd taken a peek at like your uh, Twitch stream, Garrett. Um, so I'd seen the basics, but actually jumping in, it was a whole nother world. I mean, at one point, I definitely fucked up and pressed, was it the F key or was it the L key? I think the, the L, L key. You, you unlocked the table. I unlocked the whole table. So then I just see all the minis fall into the void. And I was like, whoa, 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 what I do? What I do? No, actually, what no, happened? he actually tried to increase the size of his dice. But he wrote, he uh, right clicked on the table and he started increasing the size of the table, which then made the collision mesh just like flip out and the whole table disappeared. Brilliant. One of the best Roll things Z. to do is just to like put mess around it at, at the end of your game and just start like copying pasting a whole bunch of stuff and flicking stuff around. Oh yeah, we, oh. we were flicking models. We were flicking yeah. models around. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that was a really funny game. Um, I didn't know, I, I looked over all the controls, but I didn't get like, there, like the control list on TTS doesn't give you like certain combination keystrokes or certain things you can do with multi keys, just like the one button key controls. So I was, I was getting frustrated on certain things and I, I didn't, ha I had the, you know, I had it come, uh, I had TTS take up the whole window of my monitor, so I didn't have, you know, my gaming Discord open or anything mm -hmm. like that. So it was funny, you know, Bill Souza actually was, like, watching the game and then giving pointers to Garrett to tell to me of, like, certain things like, oh, you know, if you hold a model and you hold tab, you can actually see the distance. Because I kept on, like, measuring distance, then moving models each time. And I was like, this is exhausting. <laughs> um, so... Yeah. Oh, uh, John, actually, I figured out. So if um, you like, if you highlight a bunch of clan rats, like, um, and you grab one on the edge and lift them up and then rotate, it'll rotate around which model you picked up. So you can ah. actually spin a unit mm. that way. Nice. Whoa. That's pretty okay. Good. Okay. Because they were they just pivot pirouetting on a Z axis. Because I was uh, you, you have to pick, you have to pick them up and then spin. If they're yeah. still on the ground, if you just have them highlighted and hover over and spin, they spin in place. But uh, if you then pick them up and th if you actually click and hold on a model, I get it. And start rotating. It rotates on the model based the vert. They rotate centered on the model you picked up. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I figured because you wanted to do that, and I exactly. was like, oh, I figured out how to do it, and I was like, okay, I should tell nice. John. Oh, that's huge. That's a that's a big time saver for me. Mm -hmm. That is a big time saver. Um, so, you know, we played a game. It was Sylvaneth versus OBR. It was one of my more standard OBR lists, but I did come to the same realization that I think Justin mentioned just a moment ago of like, you know, TTS being something where, you know, you can use models that you don't own. So, um, you know, I just used my standard one that I would have played in a three more events you you, you straight up copy like you looked up riptide gt and you're like i'm just gonna play my riptide i'm list. just gonna play my riptide <laughs> list but now i'm like fuck it i'm gonna play some lists that i could yeah. not like of units that i don't own 
So it'll be good to, to you try were mentioning to... crawlers. I was surprised. Well, no, no, I was using that as an example. I'll, I'll literally never use the crawlers in the current. Map. In the light, finally, Alex gonna what do the three four crawler list? I think. No, yeah. I would honestly be doing. I would probably try to experiment with the Catacrosian Deathglaive in addition to the uh, crawlers. The, the, the cab. The cab. Um, <laughs> is, is what I want to do, and I don't own any of the cab besides the Leech Capalos. So. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, it's good to experiment. And then, like, with Night Hunt, too, uh, I want to experiment a little bit more with, like, a double Death Rider list, which I don't have the models for. But I want to try that out because it just seems fun. Um, or even some of the new White Dwarf uh, uh, battalions. So, so I used the White Dwarf battalion in our doubles match. Yeah. Oh, the Dolores Guard. It was legit. Yeah. It worked okay. pretty well. Okay. Because, yeah, it was getting those extra attacks on the hex rays, <laughs> which were increasing the mortal wounds, like, a lot, okay. right? Yeah. And then um, being able to have the general right up there, like, literally in the middle of, like, a unit of hex rays and just smash it into them. I put Slitter on them, and this was a, specifically for the OBR Mortec Guard because uh, usually the dudes were putting their um, – what's the dude's name? The Hecatos or whatever – right up front and I'd slam the general into them. And then I would choose that model. And if you roll a dice above his wound profile, he dies, right? So I'd do that guy so they couldn't re-roll saves. And so that was pretty awesome. <laughs> Surgical then, model removal. I had the hex rays all right there. And so if they tried to kill the general, well, I just sloughed those wounds off on a two up over to the hex rays. And guess what? The general's bringing D3 back. Um, you know, like right away. So yep. it was, it was pretty legit. You know, it's really funny. The gen, um, uh, that is one of the best ways to totally neuter if they're not near something that can heal them. If they're not near an Arcan, a Catacros, mm -hmm. a Bone Shaper, or or uh, Harvester, that is like the best way to neuter a Mortec unit. And Games Workshop even mentioned it in their preview for OBR. And when they mentioned the Hectos and, and what the squad leader can do, it was like, so if you've got your Marathi or someone who can point out a model and kill that model, that's what you want to do. And it's like, everyone forgets that. Um, but there are still like five to six different or four to six different ways that you can bring them back. Yeah, but still right. in the moment, it is way good. Uh, Not every army has the ability to surgically remove another model from a unit. Though. No, no. All I can think of is uh, Nagash, Marathi, uh, Archeon, that ability. Um, yeah. Vorkmarian. Then I think a few others in order. Star Drakes can do it. Star Drakes yeah. can do it for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, giants. The uh, the gar gar the gargans. Well, they, they, they put them in the bag. Yes, gargans. Oh, yeah. put in the bag. You're right. Okay, okay. Um, so, so yeah, there's yeah. some out there. There's some out there. Yeah. They're definitely spread out. So, but they're they're very unique. I agree completely. Um, yeah. So you know, learned a little bit about TTS. Excited to jump in and try it out a little bit more. Um, probably going to be going to your next event, Garrett, to try it out. I don't know what I'm going to be bringing. I could be bringing Night Hunt. I could be bringing OBR. I could be doing what Jeremy wants me to do and just bring fucking Zinch. Even <laughs> Zinch. Well, you know, um, TTS is the time to play Zinch, so you don't have to actually build and buy a Zinch army. Yeah, but how, how much time is it going to take to do split in TTS? Oh, jeez. Uh, actually, not much, because you just copy-paste. Paste, yeah. paste, 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 paste. It's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if Funny thing about this. that copy-paste, you know there's little, like, widgets in there? Like, you can open, like, a little tablet with Google on it. So, yeah. I, <clears throat> so I, I pulled this little tablet with Google on it and said, oh, I'm going to try something. So I went to YouTube, and I pulled up a YouTube video and started playing it, and then I copy-pasted that tablet 
like 50 times to see how well Tabletop Simulator did with it. So I had these unsynchronized 50 copies of the same YouTube video just playing, and I'm just like, oh, John's face is what's happening here. Flip the table. Flip the table quick. Anyways, that was was my stress test on Tabletop Simulator. Okay. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So when when are you thinking of doing your next next event? um, So – uh, I've that that's actually an interesting thing. So I was going to run it this weekend. Only got four people to sign up. I mean, I'm running them back to back. Just people were really pumped, and I was like, if "You got?" I, I wasn't going to play in the one this if I was going to run it in a weekend. I'm like, I can't do two weekends back to back. But I was willing to run it for people. Um, but it's not looking like I'll fire it this weekend. Oh, I might okay. try. I might try next weekend. Um, and actually, I've been talking with a guy who owns a game store out on the West Coast. And we might actually do some uh, entry, en- do an entry fee for the event, but then give a hundred percent of the entry fee back, all sponsored by the guy at the mm-hmm. game store to help promote his. He wants to ha- do online business uh, uh, sell product from his store using. He'll give back store credit for his uh, store by sponsoring. He'll he'll That's cover awesome. the of uh, ben- Benjamin. He's in. Um, yeah, he's a great guy. He's yeah, one so of the one of the Texas guys, mm-hmm. Texas master guys who moved to Southern California. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's a fantastic person. So I've, I've been in talks with him today about possibly I might just switch my event over to being his event that he'll run. And so we'll collect like $10 up front or whatever, but 100% will just go right back into prize support. Um, I, I was telling him that we've got to keep it really chill, spread the, probably spread the prize support out as much as we can or whatever. Um, and but, So I'm thinking maybe not this weekend, but the weekend after is when I'll try to go for it. Um, okay. I've been The whole thing is – Honestly, when, when, how, whatever I run events is going to be super community driven because you got to be really casual with all this. So here's a question. I have a question. What are you going to start naming your, uh, your, your tournament uh, uh, series? <laughs> I mean, right now I've just been calling them COVID weekend tournaments, but uh, I, I guess I got to start calling them something different. Um, well, I mean, that is kind of a, I, I mean, I, I would I'm call a, him Mulroney Madness. I mean, yes. Well, see, the th- here's the thing is I'm a programmer. And so I call things what they're, they just, I use variable names to describe what it is. So I just like, it is a COVID weekend tournament. So it's COVID weekend tournament. But yeah, Mul- Mulroney Madness, maybe like something around license to ill. Um, I mean, are, are you going to do something like, um, say, maybe a little less taste where so you could do the, this was COVID one. And then, kind of, <laughs> hey, hey, COVID conquest series uh, to kind of a grand, a grand finale tournament. I don't know what number that would be, but you know, nineteen maybe. <laughs> I was thinking Mulroney's Rona tourney. Yeah, right. too much of a mouthful. Too That's much. a little no, much no, of a Drop it, drop it. It's bad. That's a little, it's bad. a little rough, but that could be massaged into place. Yeah. <laughs> Pandemic pandemonium. I'll have to sleep on that one. See what we come up with. But uh, yeah. I guess I guess I sh- I'll just put a plug. I currently have a Discord server that I'm running. Uh, I just popped it up to help run my tournament. But uh, everyone was like, "Can I invite people so they can watch my game?" I'm like, "Fuck it." So I've been inviting yeah. people, and uh, like anyone who wants to play in my tournaments, I, I kind of require everybody in the tournament to be in a Discord server. That way, I can use it to give people updates and notifications. So that I, I set up my table pairings as voice channels in the Discord server so that when you're ready to play, you just go into your voice channel of your table number and you and your opponent are both in there and they can talk and play together. Um, you can stream your game from there so I can other people can jump in and watch your game. It is um, helpful. 
So uh, that's what I've been doing. If you want access to this Discord server, just hit me up and I'll give you an invite link. Um, I don't really care at this point. Uh, just getting people playing is all I'm all about right now. I'm really into TTS and I really want to get people playing again. Yeah, this is, Sonia, there's some real potential in there, Gary. I mean, you start thinking about it, you could have um, unique score sheets for the mission. Um, you could have your <laughs> tournament packs built into the environment. Yeah. It could be an object. People oh yeah play things like that you know some pretty even, even what, what i would recommend what i would recommend is someone gets a, at least a 2d maybe we get a picture of you maybe your wife can take a photo of you <laughs> between it behind it no no no, no, no. Let's hear me out you guys this will be the kind of the final part of my my workbench besides the coffee i'm drinking but what we can do is maybe you can get your lovely wife to take a photo of you on a solid backdrop so that someone can on Photoshop get a cut out of you. And maybe it should be you, an entire body shot of you posing, maybe disappointingly. Maybe like you're looking <laughs> down at something and you're angry about it, like visibly angry. And what we need to do is we need to have it next to the table on all four sides. So no matter what, you're like semi in the background with like judging eyes. Like you rolled that, why did you make that or, move? Or, or like, the, you, know, you know the black table? The, the, you just make the that color, just make it an image. Uh, 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 okay, well, if, it was, if I was in control, the table would just be a simp like blown up version of your face. Yeah, there we go. So every table is just my face. Actually, John, and Every like piece of terrain is a 3D rendered of your face. <laughs> so a Garrett pinup in every channel. <gasps> yeah, but John, I do like that idea of, like, I guess what I could do is if I was really into it, I would set up um, my tables as a tabletop simulator Steam workshop item and people could just download my table with all of my uh packets in there the tournament package oh, yeah. yeah a tournament package as a that's download stuff. and yeah that's really cool i should look and it's set up ready and then, to go that's so awesome think of this practice for the tournament you're going to run a gt prior to the gt you've set up the tabletop simulator environments with the missions and the packets for people to practice before they come to your GT. Oh, I would say if you do it and you base it off the one that we had used before, it doesn't have to look like the real deal. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Um, however, I wanna see what we can do to talk a little bit more to uh, Justin and Jason here uh, about your guys' podcast. Uh, now I know it's called Tabletop and Beyond. Now from that, it sounds like it's more than just Age of Sigmar, is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Jason, why don't I start off and maybe you can jump in and, and help us out. So, uh, yeah, Jason, Jason and I, we've been gaming together for several years now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we've, uh, we've started out and, and, and actually, let me, let me, let me explain how I, we sort of got into Age of Sigmar because it sort of relates to this. Um, I actually went to Nova Open just for the painting classes um, two years ago. Like, so the last Nova Open was the first one I ever played in, right? The year before I went to the painting classes, the year before that, I wasn't even into, into models or hobbying or anything like that at all, right? Like, what is this nerd uh, shit? Yeah. And <laughs> uh, what, what was going on the year before was that Jason and I had gone to um, Gen Con and we started getting into this game called Shadow of the Demon Lord, uh, which is basically a um, mechanics-wise lightened version of D&D, &D, but setting-wise 
like uh, grim, dark, uh, fantasy, like you know, real, real dark type stuff. Think Witcher plus you know more dark. Yeah, it's a stuff. dark fantasy horror. Setting. Yeah, so it was a it was a lot of fun. We started getting into it, and I started running a campaign, and I started um, you know as the I was the D, uh, the DM for it, and um, I said, oh man, I, I'd love some models on the table so that we can you know do this. I wonder where I'm going to get sort of a grim dark set of fantasy models <laughs> that might fit this tabletop. And all of a sudden, someone's like, go check out Games Workshop. I'm like, I don't even know what this place is. Seriously, I didn't even know what this place was, right? So I go into the store and I'm like a kid in the candy shop, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need I need some Arcanauts because who doesn't love steampunk dwarves? I need some <laughs> blood letters because I need, you know, demons and I need ghosts and I need flesh eater courts and I need I need all of this. So I started grabbing like so much stuff and of course my wife didn't know how much i was spending but you know whatever um, classic so start to all warhammer stories my wife exactly didn't know how much i was spending so i started grabbing this and i was getting into the painting and the modeling and i was watching a lot of videos and i eventually started saying man i really i really kind of want to play with these models i mean i'm spending so much time painting them like I, you know, and as I'm watching these videos of people talk about them, like I was watching some Warhammer Weekly and, you know, like a lot of Vince's videos and um, a lot of that kind of stuff. And I said, man, I, I really just want to start playing this. And so um, it was around Christmas, like, what was it, a year ago, last Christmas, that uh, Jason and I said, let's start playing, man. Let's start playing. And that's when um, we ran into uh, the Slow Grow campaign that Garrett was setting up in our local hobby store. And, yeah, but um, before that, do you remember we played our first 500-point game? And you remember how was, long that game took? 500 points. Well, it was like 750, to be fair. Uh, it was, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was like 500, <laughs> It took us four hours, guys. Four oh, oh plus God. hours, I think. We're like, <laughs> all right, it's my turn. Okay, I'm going to go. Then we'd open the book. How do you go? Yeah, so <laughs> what's, go this, what's this? I'm in the magic phase. Yeah. Wait, that's not actual phase. Wait. Yeah, wait. <laughs> So yeah, it took us a long time, and we had several practice games. Yeah, it's the end of my turn. Okay, I'm gonna cast some spells. Wait, no, you missed yeah. that already. So it, it was he, good stuff. Yeah, we had a great time, Jason. That's where I mean, Jason started in Flesh Eater Courts because I literally had to start collecting box. Yep. It, well, you had the Night Haunt and the Flesh Eater Courts. You're like, which one do you want, Jason? And I was like, uh, the ones that look more gory, and uh, that was the Flesh Eater Courts, and that's how we split it up and picked our first armies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The thing so, is, is that I had I had played um, 40k a long time ago, like 2000. Gosh, probably 2002. Wow. I had tried to get into Warhammer at that point, 40k, and there just wasn't a big uh, group, or I just didn't know the people in the in the scene around me. So I tried and failed to get into it, and then probably three or four years after that, I tried to get into uh, Warhammer Fantasy, but a whole uh, Skaven, I guess it was called a battle box or battalion battle box back then. I'm and, still looking um, at it, Jason. It's on right, my shelf. Did, yeah, did I give you? Yeah. Yeah. And um, nice. and uh, then uh, once again failed to find the group to really get into it with, uh, and then it just fell off, and I got more heavily into board games and role playing games at that point. But when you said let's do it, and I said if you'll play with me, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure there's someone that will actually play with me this time. And then little and did you know. Yeah. Then we found the slow grow at uh, down at Guild Gaming, a local store, and and uh, just took off. Had a so, Garrett 
connect you guys with the game after that? Or was it just everybody there being so excited that got you in? Uh, so so I, I don't know about your guys' experience, but so um, I had moved out to DC and I was eager to just get games in. And I saw, and I've been hitting up Guild Gaming a bunch. And so a year goes by trying to get a scene going. They got a slow grow. I'm like, I'll just join. And I don't care about winning or losing. I don't care, like, whatever. I just want to help grow the scene. Mm-hmm. And then my first game is against Justin. And, like, I'm like, dude, I'm competitive. Like, I, I, but I'm here to, like, grow. And then, like, I play one game against Justin. And Justin's like, all right, I'm in it now. Like Justin was sold off of one game with me and he's like, okay, yeah, we're done. We're playing this competitive thing, Garrett. Like he just went straight into competitive. It was great. Now, now, was this one of those typical Garrett games where he's like, oh, well here, so your unit does this, 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 this. (laughs) So you should do this. And so you had this experience of being like a power general with full knowledge of your army. uh, And that, is that what hooked you in or? Actually, that that definitely helped. Well, it was my first time ever playing against Night Haunt, so Justin actually cheated against me heavily. I did. Oh, well, no. heavily, uh, heavily. Intentionally? Oh my God. No, it, it was not intentionally. He had an Executioner and a Karen Wraith, and he combined their two stats. He like took the best <laughs> abilities of both. <laughs> the, it was the most awesome of all, of all time. All of a sudden, the executioner all of a sudden was doing two damage a swing, and the Karen Wraith all of a sudden had four attacks on threes and threes. And I was like, that would hook me in too. Like both of them are Ren two, and I was like, wow, these these cheap Nighthawk characters are really good. I go look them up. I'm like, yeah, no, they're not that good. It was good. Garrett still beat me that game. Uh, oh, really, no, that you, was... you beat yourself because like I you did. allowed me to just daisy chain some skeletons and steal the objective and win. It was hilarious. Which was a which was a lack of experience. Uh, yeah. That was a that was a rookie move right there. Sure. So but I was I was actually impressed. Like I did not know it was Justin's for like one of his first games of playing Age of Sigmar because he was actually like really on top of strategy and was like really good at it. And it was a really good game. And it, yeah. to, you know, Justin and I had played uh, RPGs together a lot before we kind of dove into the tabletop wargaming scene. And so we had a lot of the like, what are good kind of tactics versus overall strategy. Um, this was kind of our first way to throw that together onto a battlefield to actually show, see the tactics be realized outside of, you know, more of a theater of the mind type thing that you do with role playing games. Um, but just to get back to the podcast, right? So that Warhammer Age of Sigmar is a giant part of, uh, of our gaming lives right now. And we bring it up probably every episode of our podcast. But it, it also goes beyond that because, you know, we, we have a gaming group that we've been involved with for, you know, 10 plus years that have gone through various different uh, systems of role-playing games and various board games. And we all go to conventions together, board gaming conventions together. So we like to talk about the video games we play. We talk about the board games we play. Uh, we talk about gaming news, um, things that happen with companies that are big uh, and indie guys that are trying to get out as well. So really the podcast is just all about, you know, gaming and all of its aspects uh, and whether that's from the tabletop to, um, you know, to the digital world as well. Oh, wow. So just to kind of give like a little bit of a glimpse of this week coming up, I've got an Age of Sigmar game scheduled with a guy on Thursday. I'm sure, um, let's say I did some, you know, video gaming today. I'm sure I'm going to do a little bit more this week. 
Uh, I'm almost positive that Jason and I and maybe some other friends are going to play a tabletop simulator and it's either going to be a board game or a card game or like I've got zombie side on there that we've, you know, played and, and several other things like that. On a Saturday, I'm running a rogue trader, uh, you know, 40k yep. rogue trader RPG campaign. So, I mean, we're, I, we're hitting a lot of different aspects of gaming and I mean, age of Sigmar over the last year has probably been the most dominant force in terms of the gaming because I'm new to it and still getting into it and all of that and, and loving it. Absolutely loving it. Uh, it scratches a competitive itch that I don't <laughs> get when I play RPGs, you know, and things like that. Cause you're usually working together and, you know, and all that stuff. So I do like the competitive aspect of age of Sigmar, but, um, you know, I love the creative aspect of RPGs and, and, you know, some of the challenges of board games. And so our, t our, our um, third partner, who's not on with us tonight, his name is Dan. Um, he is an RPG aficionado. I mean, that guy's been playing almost every RPG system since like the late 1980s, mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, he, he knows mechanics and he knows things like that. One thing he's not into really is tabletop wargaming. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, that's just, that just not due really... to exposure, or or you guys haven't yeah, you guys a secret plan to sneak him in there, or how's that going to go? Well, he was big into uh, uh, X Wing and uh, yeah, Armada. That's true. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, but also the, the communities are two very different. Well, they are very let's different. Let's just get him on. Different. Let's just get him on with Vince on the X Wing segment of this we, podcast. We played the uh, War Cry with him uh, once, and he yeah. really enjoyed it. And I think he would play. He would play again. I think he's a little hesitant to to take on um, uh, building an entire uh, army himself uh, at this point, especially since his main focus is kind of RPGs. And, and that can be real and, cool. and plus he played X-Wing and you don't have to That was what off. kept me out of this game was, was like, I, I looked at the fantasy armies and all these rank and files and all the elves. I was like, man, that looks like an awesome game, but there's no way I'm going to build and paint all that. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just not yeah. going to happen. And he, he will say that the bane of his, of his gaming is his painting. You know, that's, I mean, that's the thing that he, that's why he likes X-Wing is that they come pre-painted, right? I know some people like to put little extra, you know, things on them or make grime them up or something like that, but you don't have to do that if you don't want to with those, uh, with those models. And um, uh, I think that, you know, the idea of spending a bunch of money on like a bunch of models and, you know, for me, I see value when I say, okay, I'm going to spend $400 on an army, which I did with the orcs and came out with a decent army, you know, I mean, that's probably on the cheap end of putting together a full army, but oh, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, $400, I'm sitting here going like, well, I know I'm going to play these quite a bit. And just even the hours of the hobbying are enjoyment hours for yeah. me. So you know, I, I, th that, I think that's the big difference is that it's, it's not just a game. It's a hobby. Right. Like yeah, that, that's that's the big one between like you know x-wing or uh like a card game or something you're not just buying a pack of cards where you, that's the game you, you're not buying a game yeah. it's like building hobby uh cars or hobby uh, or john building his legos that he uh was streaming the one time it's it's actually a hobby game where the hobby is half if not more than half of the game itself yep. yeah that's that's why you make cast for little ogre shoes <laughs> exactly exactly and the story you told yourself in your head while you were making those right i know there was some little cobbler story going on in, in, <laughs> I, I, I would every every time there is some little story going on it yeah, only for yeah. me i you know yeah. those damn little knoblars just <laughs> so looking shit. ahead right now um 
everything is pretty much on hold. You know, who knows what's going to be happening with the General's Handbook coming out supposedly in a few oh, yeah, months. I'm curious and, about that and everything else. But looking ahead, uh, knowing what we know so far, which isn't a lot, uh, is there anything that you guys are really specifically excited for in terms of Age of Sigmar? Whether it's the possibility of Nova being open, hopefully, or oh, hope so. you know some other faction, a change that you want to see. What are you guys excited about? Go ahead, Justin. Uh, so for me, um, I've sort of gotten into the rhythm with Age of Sigmar where one or two armies comes out like kind of per cycle. I mean, it was like Daughters of Cain at one point, and then it was um, uh, then it was Skaven at another point where they're a little kind of OP, you know, for the meta that is there right then. You know, generally what tends to happen is they'll either sort of get a, a bit of a nerf during the big FAQs that come out in December and July, or I guess August-ish time frame, um, or they um, other books come out that are sort of a hard counter to the OP list that, you know, um, that was kind of running around. Uh, with the hold, um, I'm, you know, I'm kind of worried about what's happening with Zeech because I played a game against Zeech. And it's like I didn't I didn't even make it to turn two like really like yeah. it was ridiculous you know and so I I was kind of looking forward to being able to just sort of work through that a little bit and you know get to a good place with the army like most of most of the army seemed to like be getting into a better place a little bit more rapidly than in Age of Sigmar 1.0 you know versus 2.0 and so I was I was looking forward to that I'm still looking forward to that I think that you know. Um, as these things come out, it, it'll be good to see. Um, but I'll tell you what, though, I signed up for a three-day painting class with Roman Lapat. Wow, really? Uh, yeah, I did, and that is at the Nova Open, and it's on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday before the Nova Open. And I'm t listen, it's uh, ten to oh, no, like what is it? It's um, two to ten on day one. It's ten to ten on day two, and then it's like ten to seven on day three. And I'm looking forward to literally every single minute of it, like every single minute. I And so I'm dying. I'm hoping that the Nova Open still happens. I'm hoping that there's no travel restrictions. I'm super excited for it. And then I get to play, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, some gaming at the Nova Open. So Wow, that's um, amazing. So that's like the weekend before the Nova, huh? Yeah. yeah. Wow, okay. Wow. Interesting. Man, that sounds because really exciting. Man, that's a, sounds like a great class. I know those – multi-day airbrush art classes they're like yep. they like level up your talents it's like you've been practicing you've got all these skills you know like how to move the brush how to move your airbrush and then you go to one of those and th that master artist like infuses you with now you have these physical skills here's how you apply them here's where you put the paint here's the angle you hold it at and you walk out of there and you are are literally a better artist. It's it's amazing yeah. what happens. So yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing about that one you go to. It should be awesome. Oh man, I'm I'm super excited for it. And the thing is, is the hardest thing. I like I told you two years ago at Nova Open, I went just for the painting classes. I think I took ten painting classes, and it was oh, just what? over the weekend. And I sort of perused around. This is before I dipped my toe into the you know competitive like even tabletop gaming. And I'm like, wow, this looks fun, guys. But I don't know if I can commit, you know. And I ended up doing it by Christmas, you know. Um, but uh, uh, you know, even just going to those painting classes is great. But now that I'm actually gaming, and you got the grand tournament, you got the little RTTs or the doubles games or whatever you got going on, um, you have those happening. It's like you, it's hard to squeeze in a painting class now. 
And I was really kind of bummed last year I didn't take any painting classes because I just filled it up with games and I loved it. But this year, I'm really excited for that three-day class that's just focused on painting. And then I can take a day to clear my head and then just focus on gaming. So that's I think it's going to be awesome. awesome. Yeah, that separation will be really nice. I know the first time Donna and I went to Nova, which was, uh, I guess, three years ago right now, Garrett? Uh, that would be, tw- so you went to 2019 and 2017 because you skipped yeah. 18. Yeah. We took uh, nothing but art classes that first time we went as well. And it was it was a, an absolutely wonderful weekend. We missed nothing all weekend for having taken art classes mm. as right. it were. It was so much. All of those things are great. One of the first classes I took was from Vince Venturella, right? And it was his battle damage class. Mm. And I had I I signed up for it being like, oh, sure, it's just, it'll fit in my schedule. I don't even know what battle damage they're talking about. <laughs> I mean, that's how much of a new painter I was, right? And I walked out with a space marine that I kept like running my finger over his knee pad because I was swore that it was chipped, you know. And I'm like, I'm like, it's got to have some texture on there because his his techniques were so good, That's you awesome. know. And so it was it was a great class. Wow. I, my problem with painting, I have these grand these grand plans, and I'll do it on one model, and then I pick the next model. Up, I'm like, all right, that guy looks amazing. And I pick the next model up, and I'm just like, we're just gonna get this guy done. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you the next the one, and you start chucking them. Yeah. That's why you my start with your basic imagery, and then you moved up to your uh, heroes, because then you get to here, and you're like, well, I did all these guys right, and I want to do them fast, but I can't, so I got to mm. do them right. So that's how you get everybody right. That's what I hear. I mean, that you know. I'm the one to talk. Yeah, right, Garrett? <laughs> Garrett? <laughs> we, we won't bring up your, your deeper sins uh, worth painting this time. Yeah, right. <clears throat> so, my guys, uh, what, what kind of primer do you like to use on your models? <laughs> I'm a badger guy. John. <laughs> or Steno Res. I'm a oh, yeah, Steno Res is nice. Yeah. I, I like use that. whatever yeah. Justin gives me a link to buy. That's pretty much it. Fair enough. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, no, like, I, I, I was like, what airbrush should I get? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much here. Get this master airbrush, you know, like yeah. the cheapo Iowata wannabe, yeah. you know, and see if you like it. Then you can move up if you do. <laughs> if you don't know what to airbrush to buy, there's only two choices, really. Either once a year, Badger has a birthday pr- uh, sale and you buy one for 50 bucks. Yeah. Or you go down to your Hobby Lobby and use the 40% coupon and buy whatever the heck they have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What use about you, Jason? What, what are you looking something? forward to through the remainder of the year? Yeah. You know, I, um, I, Gen Con has always been my thing every year. I love going to Gen Con. It's, it's one of those events where, you know, I've been to smaller conventions too, and I love smaller conventions, but when you go to Gen Con, it just has a feel that is so different than any other convention. I tell people you can't fathom it until you go there mm-hmm. once. Uh, so I'm uh, really I've never worried. Been, but it's legendary. I've literally been hearing about Gen Con since, I don't know, the 80s or something. It's like, yeah. awesome. It's, it's, and it's moved venues a few times. It's been Indiana in Indianapolis for a while now. Uh, and I think they renewed it last time for several more years still in Indianapolis. Yeah, but, like, I think seven. Yeah. I'm worried. Um, I'm worried it's not going to happen this year, obviously. Uh, we'll see what happens. Right. And, and it's one of those things where even if it did happen, I'd have to think about, about if I wanted to go, cause it's like 50,000 people all crammed in, you know, one convention center. It's there's a there's a I usually always come back with a bug whenever I go to Gen. Right, you, you get a con crud when you go to a con yeah. anyway. Yeah. No yeah. super con crud. 
so that that I'm still crossing my fingers on that. Looking forward to that. Um, that's more of a role playing game and board gaming convention for me than it is a uh, war, uh, war, uh, tabletop board gaming. But uh, I am very excited. I feel like when I went through Flesh Eater Courts, I was learning the game uh, and not just learning my own army, but I was getting exposure to the other armies, which I think is such an important part to be competitive is to, un- to know what, you, what you're facing. Um, because, you know, a lot of times when, whenever I lost really poorly, it was because I came up against an army I'd never played before. And I just had no idea what to expect. Um, but I st- always learning, and I love that learning aspect. Every time I play my, my uh, list, I want to tweak it a little bit. And that's the thing, I, that's what I really like about Age of Sigmar. I feel like there are an infinite number of possibilities or directions I can go with my list and still yeah. make something that's fun. There's probably, in all games, there's a meta direction you can follow, right? But you can go so many different directions and still just have a fun experience on the tabletop. And that's what I really enjoyed about Flesh Eater Courts. I'm looking forward to doing that with my ogres, just having a fun experience uh, with them. I'm excited about the gargants that are coming out because gargants are an ally to ogres. Yeah, they're big and they're probably going to be expensive models. And I'm a little intimidated by the potential of having to paint one. But besides that, <laughs> I'm excited to see what kind of fun lists I can make with it. Yeah, they should be pretty amazing when they come out. I was talking with uh, Frank Deloach earlier about that today. Uh, and it was the same thing. It was like, it's not even a matter of whether I'm going to play the army or not. It's that's a model worth building, buying and owning. And, and yeah. like I said, daunting to paint. But now in the magic days of contrast paint, I'm willing to take that on. Yeah, I definitely have added several contrast paints to my uh, it's it makes skin so easy. Right. Just move past with skin with contrast paint. Yeah. I haven't touched one contrast paint. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. Are you? Yeah, I thought you would be all over that contrast. I don't know. Uh, no. After little... I've been trying to refine all the techniques I've seen on YouTube. I feel Justin like has it's... a little bit of a holier-than-thou approach. I do. I do. I will fully admit it. You know, well, your stuff painting... does look really good. So It does. Know. I, yeah, I don't know good. if it looks that good. I mean, it, you know, I'm happy with it, but I know, I, I'm always saying like I could do better with it. But I think that's anything right. We had a tiny argument on our podcast about non-metallic metal painting. I'm like, oh, yeah? why? You can buy metal paint. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm planning yeah, to do a The metal of- waxes from AK Interactive are amazing. Yeah. Use a little bit of mineral spirits, and then and you come back later, and you actually take a little uh, Q-tip, and you can polish the yeah. highlight oh, area wow. so you get your actual shiny high that's edges. Cool. They're incredible. I I'm totally gonna do a whole bunch of non non metallic metals on all my weapons for my orc army, all of them. So and, and people are like, "Are you insane?" I'm like, "I'm a little insane, Never but done. I'm gonna do it." No, it's okay. This is this is Age of Sigmar arcs, orcs, not yeah, 40k right. orcs, right? So it's a different <laughs> exactly. scale you're shooting for. Long yeah. having fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, you know, before we let you guys uh, go today. Is there anything you guys want to plug? Anything you guys are excited about? Any sort of live streams you guys do? If we want to see content for you guys, what do we want to do? We know we know your name is Tabletop and Beyond, but how do we get there? What content do you have? And how often do you post it? Yeah, so we are pretty much on every podcasting platform that's out there. I mean, um, with the exception of SoundCloud, because you have to apparently buy their account or whatever. But... Um, we actually record through a thing called TriCast, which is um, like a it's medium.com's like new like 
podcasting platform and it's a cool little thing because you can edit within the system there and publish and it's a pretty easy uh, setup but um, we've got it out on t tabletop and beyond is out on Google um, Google podcasts it's um, Apple Podcasts. it's uh, you know the iTunes store uh, let's see you can find it on um, uh, Podbean. Um, we've got the RSS feed that you can grab and if you throw it in your own podcatcher if you want um, Ooh, I mean, nice. it's pretty much out there wherever you want to, wherever you want to catch it. But the two big ones obviously are, uh, you know, Apple's podcast and then Google, Google podcast. So you can get okay. all of there. Yeah. yeah and we, <clears throat> it, it, Tabletop and Beyond is a podcast that came out of a group, our gaming group that we've been going to conventions with. There were nine of us. And so we created something called Guild Nine Gaming. So we created a guild years ago to just get a bunch of guys together and have fun. So there's nine of us. Let's see. There's also nine alignments in D&D. &D, so Guild 9 Gaming, we'll go that way. But, <laughs> I like uh, that. Yeah. So, so, so if you go to guild9gaming.com. Which um, alignment are each of you? Oh, chaotic uh, evil. Absolutely. That is definitely Jason. Believe yeah, it or absolutely. not. Every don't game I the, play. Don't let, the, don't let the sweet face fool you. Jason is chaotic evil. <laughs> I, I, I we saw I, Flesh Eater Courts at the beginning of the podcast, so we know where you are. I would have I would have thought more of a neutral evil for Jason. Mm. I don't yeah, know. It's a good point. I, lawful evil might actually be something I play a lot too. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm having disturbing alignment issues myself playing the Pathfinder game <laughs> in Steam lately because you make these choices and it tells you what yeah. alignment they are, and I'm like, well, am I really lawful evil? I, I thought I was. I thought it was like right. chaotic good or something. But I'm. Well, I like to have the. I like to have the philosophical debates with the other players at the table. Like, what really defines this as evil? <laughs> what, isn't that just a perspective, right? But anyways, yeah. So I, uh, dot com, and yeah. uh, and all. But I will say that that website is not one that we update much. But we do have a Discord server that we've had for several years. It's Guild Nine Gaming Discord server. We can send anybody invites if they're interested and. Yeah, uh, we have several channels there for different types of gaming. We've got a uh, pretty active community on there that schedules gaming on Tabletop Simulator now, but or would schedule them in person uh, regularly. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we got like a board game channel, a video game channel, yeah. um, 3D cool. printing and miniatures channel. Oh, you know? wow. So, cool. yeah, wow. We, we got a lot of cool stuff um, that, you know, it's sort of our geek area that we just get together with friends and chat about things. And so it's funny, you could, you, you may have like four things going on at one time four four concurrent conversations. Like I may be talking about Halo and then I may be talking about the Cthulhu board game. And I may be talking about uh, Age of Sigmar and then uh, 3d printing miniatures, like all at the same time. So, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a good time. Yeah, this, awesome. is this that the division of labor? We got casting uh, with Jason and 3D printing with Justin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and we've got a couple uh, other guys that uh, are big into. We've got a couple guys that um, have done other podcasts in the past um, that were uh, big on uh, what was it? What is it? Roll, not roll twenty. Um, D twenty. Yeah. The podcast. Yeah, some did some Star Wars podcasts back in the day some Firefly podcasts and Serenity RPG systems that were out there. Tabletop Beyond is fairly new. We've only have, I think we have 10 episodes or nine yeah. that are published. The 10th one that's coming out before that we had another one, uh, blood and steel, which was focused on shadow the demon Lord. We probably did a whole year's worth of podcasts with yeah, that we had one. 26, 26 episodes. Yeah. We had about, I think we had on average about 
at the end at the end of it about 250 followers so it, it's Regular not a these aren't huge podcasts but you know that sometimes they're niche with tabletop and beyond we've tried to say let's not as be as niche with this one let's kind of grow a little bit um and just kind of look at all aspects of it yeah Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, check check us out. Uh, you know, we're like I said, Google and Apple are probably the easiest places to find us. Tabletop and Beyond, and uh, we oh Facebook page. We got a Facebook page where we love some interaction, and also uh, you know a channel in our Discord server that we can talk about episodes or things that come up and stuff like that. So nice. Yeah. And that's coming out what uh, monthly? You're putting out episodes right now. Weekly, kind pretty much. Yeah. And okay. It's, okay. Awesome. It's about twice a week on average. Twice a week. And you have ten episodes twice Once every a week. two weeks. Sorry, it's the whole. What does bi-weekly mean? But yeah, no, it's every other week is about, oh, okay. Okay, on average what we've been getting. Okay. Out. But we try to record about once a once a week. Once a week, yeah. It really comes down to when I finish mixing it. Yeah. So the episodes then are coming about every ten days. Okay. Okay. Wow. So, okay, we'll compromise yeah, right. ten days. Yeah. Ten days sounds good. <laughs> That's is that your final answer? Hey, uh, yeah. Jason, Justin, it has been super awesome taking talking to you guys tonight. I just want to say uh, it was fun hanging with you guys at the LVO, and I look yeah, forward. The next time we hang out again, whether that's at a, a Nova or some kind of a West Coast event, whatever, uh, we are not going to be shut in forever, my friends. And so we will be uh, rolling dice sooner than later, hopefully enjoying some uh, fine whiskey together, yeah. too, or um, sewer water or whatever. <laughs> I mean, Hal, you guys may all play on Tabletop Simulator together uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, we might yeah. be able to get doubles games in or something like that. So much fun. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. As you can't spin my camera, we can be friends in Tabletop Simulator. <laughs> there we go. I, well, I hey. did, I, as soon as I saw you in the chat, John, I did immediately apologize saying, I'm sorry that you're going to be watching this game, but I spin the fucking camera. <laughs> I did warn you, to be fair. You did. And with that, you guys, thank you so much for being on again. Uh, Justin, Jason, you guys have been great. Everyone, definitely check out Tabletop and Beyond if you're looking at, you know, wherever John is, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, you know, give them a like, give us a like, follow us on Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts, them on basically any platform or wherever you get your podcast personally. Uh, we are also usually out around every 10 days or so, but ideally, you know, every seven. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys have a great night. Stay safe. Don't cough on anyone or let yourself get coughed on. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time.